Is that the right button? Oh, it must be. Hi, and welcome to the first Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast of 2019. It is Paul here with... Dan. Sean. Just the three of us this week. Yeah. Put together at, uh, we'll, say, we'll say last minute, but um, there was news on a Monday that I suppose we really have to talk about. It was surprising, actually, because we got the inkling this morning that there would be news on the Monday and we thought, nah, it's not going to happen. They'll hover and they'll well, hold it I, back. I think and... when the Formula One website is saying this that might That is happen. surprising, isn't it? When there's rumours and the F1 website decides, oh, we'll tell you about these rumours. And then all of a sudden, for our issue of statement, about four o'clock this afternoon, Arifa Bene is out. Which, to be honest, it's been coming since probably around about June last year. I think around about the time the person who hired him died. Yeah, because he only managed... The rumour is that he only managed to stay on at Ferrari because Marchioni had died and they didn't want to rock the boat too much. But apparently Marchioni wanted him out. And um, get the uh, get the replacement in, who's name Whose temporarily... Whose name is in a different uh, tab. Uh, yes. Mattia Bonetti? Yes. Binotto. 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 <laughs> who was chief technical officer. Yeah, he's he had was, a lot of different jobs with He was Ferrari. responsible for the engine designer, am I right in thinking he, that? He's had a few different roles. I think he joined as he joined their test team at first, way back when. I think that's how everyone used to start yeah. in F1 back and in the he, 90s. He worked up there, he worked on the race as a race engineer for a bit, I think, and then he was in charge of power unit and curs once upon a time. And then and then he replaced what was his name? James Allen. James Allison. James Allison, that's the no, one. James Allen's the guy who sits, sits down doing what we do. Yes. But yes. barged me out of the way to get an espresso at um, Silverstone last year. Oh, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's sort of started very much entry level, but has always been in and kind of worked his way up and has always been engineering and technical, so he's a quite a, a hands-on guy, I think, for a team principal. Yeah, the, um, people are comparing him to... He's going to be the new Ross Braun, because he was really the oh, last... Oh, well, that's no pressure, is it? Not at all. Because, <laughs> I mean, Ross Braun was the last engineering guy that they had as the team principal. He didn't do bad. He kind of did all he did, right. He didn't do so badly. But, of course, Reva Benny came from a sales and marketing and business background. Sig salesman. Yeah, we can't, spe- say, we can't say fag salesman because of the amount of Americans that listen yeah, to this. Yeah, a lot of speculation as well that Benotti and Arriva Benny have been a bit not getting on so well recently. And, and which... a bit of specul- speculation about Arriva Benny and Vettel as well. Oh, really? Ah, oh, that I've missed, but... Well, Vettel being the fervent non-smoker that he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's once again we're starting a year with interesting times at Ferrari. Um, I mean, they basically imploded last year. Yes. Yeah, they, they were looking... We'll do the review in a bit, but they were looking like strong contenders. And then a couple of weeks later, they weren't. And no one knows why, but there was there was rumours of firings mid-season again, which that was Marchione's trademark all the time while he was there, because we always used to say that he managed by fear. And nobody knew if they were going to be in the same job from one week to the next. And um, obviously under the new Ferrari regime, that is... I'll say it's still going on, but I think this is going to be the, the only change, big change that we get at Ferrari during the course of this year. I'm going to stick my neck out and make a bold prediction for that. Ooh, crazy. 7th of January and the bold predictions are happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over that one this year. Wonderful. You don't think that the new guy's going to come in and want to make a bit of a mark? From what I've... 
from what I've seen across various sites on the internet, some of them even reputable. Wow. Yeah, no. Not ours, though. Not ours. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of the hardest workers in the team last year were the ones that were on his side in his battle with Arriva Bene. And basically, Ferrari was split into two factions between the two sides of... You can't even say the two sides of the garage, but... Um, uh, the Riva Benny's men and the new guy's men. And maybe, I don't know, this this might be a sort of attempt at bringing everyone together and actually succeeding for once. Is it interesting as well that they've gone with an engine guy just before the new engine regs are get coming in? I think that is very valid because he's going to be the one representing Ferrari at the... Um, I was going to call it Competition Commission then, but that's uh, that's the NFL that has that. Whatever the F1 equivalent is, the strategy group. That's the one. He's yeah. going to be the one representing Ferrari at the strategy group, and he's going to have his thoughts on what the power units should be for 2021. And he'll actually know what he's talking about, in theory, compared to some of the others. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I seem to remember when he moved up to CTO, there was um, a fair bit of criticism about them getting an engine guy in when there were going to be a load of aero changes. Do I remember that right? Um, yes, but the aero changes seem to be taking more of a backseat in 2021 now because they're what's being brought in this year and next year. And then 2021, we've got the new engine formula working on what's effectively going to be 2020's aero. So... So it might work out well for it them. It could work out well. I mean, Ferrari's aero department has been traditionally pretty good. Moving him up as well, that makes a vacancy one step below. They could put an aero guy as their... The, yeah, their an name. aero guy as a... Yeah, um, to replace C him. CTO. Don't know, I can't remember who's in charge of Ferrari's aero. No. No. Um, I would guess an Italian. That is, that is probably <laughs> the case. A wild stab there. And with Ferrari's website being as it is... Uh, don't have, a, don't have a clue. Oh, Loic Bigois. Bigois. Oh, that sounds French. Um, yes, he is French. Wow. Uh, he was Williams' aerodynamicist, uh, chief aerodynamicist uh, there until 2007 when he moved to Honda. And he was also the aero guy at Braun. I was going to say, so have Braun owned him at some point? Yes. He's just followed Ross Braun about? Pretty much, yeah. That's why he's at Ferrari now. Oh, no, you're well, not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> if he was the aero guy at Honda around 2007, he will be, he will have been heavily, heavily involved in the championship winning Braun car, won't he? Yes. Oh, so will he have invented, like, um, what was it, the, the, the stalling double, The double diffuser. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, it's always been given the impression that that was Ross Braun's invention, but he headed he headed the team of designers probably. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't think one man can do it on his own unless he's Adrian Newey, <laughs> <laughs> and he still needs someone to sharpen his pencil. Um, where did he go from there? He went to Mercedes in 2012. So yeah, he's had a pretty decent career. Well, stage. Oh no. Uh, wait, if he was Honda then Braun, he would have stayed at 
Braun, yeah, when Braun became Mercedes. when Braun became Mercedes. When the Brackley team changed again. Yeah. Um, stayed at Mercedes for three years and went to Ferrari from there. So he left about the same time as Ross Braun. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So I think he's he's probably looking at it. He's probably my tip for chief technical officer now you, now you say it we like that. We found him. Well, Ferrari, we've saved you a job there. Yeah. Don't, don't bother interviewing him. Just uh, send us the finder's fee. <laughs> uh, right. What else have we got? Um, Nicky Lauda. Sad to report he's back in hospital again with uh, flu apparently this time after another trip to Ibiza. Yeah, stop going to a beefer, Nicky Lauda. It's not good for your chest. It's where he got the pneumonia that caused him to have a lung transplant in the first place. And now he's come back with flu and he's in hospital again. Uh, I'm sure everyone will join us in wishing him well. Yes. Yeah, get, get well, well soon, soon. Nicky. All right, somebody, somebody else, obviously, uh, who everyone is sending the best wishes to, Michael Schumacher. Um, it was his 50th birthday this week. Last week. Last, week. last week. Last week. It's a new Je- week. It's, I'm, not, I'm not used to this Monday business. <laughs> Come on, we've had four weeks off. I don't know what Monday it's is anymore. It's a new anymore. calendar as well, I think. It's still... No, we've still, we've still got last year's. Oh. You've, still, you've still got R2-D2 saying it's December you say above you your head. You say you're going to the sale to buy a new one and you haven't, so... I didn't get a chance to go out today. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. We're having a domestic live on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael Schumacher turned 50 and um, his family released a statement to say that they have no in- are giving no information. On his condition, which is kind of what we've come to expect because they've just been incredibly private ever since and that is their choice to do that. Yeah, that's fair enough. You can't take it away from them. But they have launched an app, which... We only found I only found out about tonight when Sean because mentioned I mentioned it. it in passing, and now I'm expected to know what it's about. Um, I, I think it was something. To Am do I going to be googling a, this? Like a, I think it's meant to be like a digital museum of all of his his trophies and his achievements. Don't and Google it, Paul. Install it. Something of, of it. that ilk, but don't quote me on that. Probably can't install it because we have problems installing apps over here. Not available in your country. Yeah, that's the one. Like F1 TV. Yes. Yeah, are they going to get around to fixing that? Probably not. No, that's true. But I think is it not broken for everyone anyway? Uh, by all accounts, yes. Right, Schumacher, Schumacher, the official, the official app. Schumacher app. Um, yeah, it appears to be um, a, vir- a virtual tour around the Michael Schumacher Museum. You get to see every car that he ever drove in F1 from the Jordan in the 92-91 season. Um, right up to the Mercedes and everything that he's done in sports cars. I'm assuming there's going to be highlights on there of various races and various performances from him. Do you reckon they've got his rodeo stuff on there as well? Rodeo stuff? I'm sure. Is it not him that his wife was big into rodeo, so he does some rodeo or did some rodeoing? I completely missed this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I remember this being a feature on either BBC or Sky where they went with him in between races and he did some rodeo stuff but I'm, I'm sure the wife is very big into keeping horses and not horses yeah horses yeah, it would be horses, horses are what you normally what you do use. rodeo on um, yeah, yeah, yes they, yes they, they I still am do full of useless information there, tonight there is a picture that I am looking at I'll share this link of <laughs> Mrs Schumacher appearing to do something that looks like a handbrake turn on a horse Dressed as a cowboy, so obviously rodeoing. Oh, yeah, no, you've got to be a full kit wanker if you're going to do the rodeo. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that beats launch porn. <laughs> you see, I well, don't remember well, what happened last year. <laughs> it's one of them new things that you learn every day. 
I mean, everyone's got to have a hobby. But... Also, the fact that they were taking part in a rodeo in France, which means France is into rodeos as well. This is an education for me tonight. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> um, yeah, where do you go from that? Uh, keep fighting, Michael, and yee-haw to the rest of the family. <laughs> <laughs> If there's anyone in the south of the US, I am deeply sorry. <laughs> um, and also, happy birthday to Lewis Hamilton, th- 34 going on six. Has he put any pictures online today to see so we can see how he's he's celebrating? Uh, let's uh, let's have a look. I reckon wearing some atrocious outfit. It's usually his thing. But somewhere warm and sunny with the beautiful people. Um, let me see. Can't see anything. Can't see anything new. Uh, then again, Instagram's his weapon of choice, Is it isn't Instagram? it? I think he does the Snapchat. I think he's quite prolific on that. If we had Chris here, he'd be able to yeah. tell us because he oh, follows well, him on three Snapchat. Three hours ago, I think I saw. Three hours ago, a gym photo. Oh, so it, so he is. Yep, he's. Yep, gym photos, even on his birthday. I'm not going good, to good way to spend your birthday. Dedication. I am not going to the gym next week. <clears throat> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, right, we've got the uh, second Formula E race of the 2018-19 season next week. And of course, there's lots of, um, sort of F1 or XF1 interest in that. And they're also having a rookie driver's test with a um, Leclerc yes. driving one of the cars. The other Leclerc. The other Arthur. one. Who uh, did French F4 last season? First, first time not doing carts. Did reasonably well, I think. Was fifth, and he's something to do with the Venturi team, uh, which is the Massa team. He's part of their like, um, young, young drivers young driver thing. But of course, they have some kind of sort of tie-in with Mercedes. I think we th- they're part of the same. There's it's, someone it's, who owns it's H- HWA. Yeah, that's the Mercedes. They're not directly but, part of Mercedes, yeah. but they're kind of. Part of the same family. I just wonder if we'll be seeing uh, Ferrari branding on the Venturi cars if they've got uh, potential for Leclerc. And don't forget, Massa's got history with Ferrari as well, obviously. Very true. Um, yeah, what's. I know we've only had one race this season with the Gen 2 cars, but what's everyone thought so far about uh, the new Formula E? Because we can call it new now because everything's changed about it. Yeah. The cars look fantastic. The. Uh, is it called the Attack Zone? Yes, the yes. thing where you go offline. And yeah. The Mario Kart bit. But the Mario Kart bit, it's a bit gimmicky and wasn't as impressive as I'd hoped. It wasn't as Mario Karty as I hoped it would be. I think, the, I think the problem with the first race is they'd put it on the inside of an exit from a corner, so you had to lose a lot of speed going into the corner to run over the attack zone and pick up the boost. They might probably Someone alter that. kept missing it as well, about three laps in a row. I can't remember who it was, but you have to you have to be in a specific bit right at yeah. the exact time. And three laps in a row, he was, was like Was it Stoffel who missed it? I don't think it was Stoffel. I can't remember who it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a weird race last time because yeah. they'd had the rain in qualifying, which you don't tend to get in the desert. Which is why they hold the desert races when they do outside of the rainy season. Mm-hmm. But um, Abu Dhabi Na- Grand Prix, yeah. Qatar World Superbikes. Yep, and now, now this one. Um, let's just have a look. I, re- I do remember somebody missing it quite a lot, but 
I think the problem is because it's still quite early in the season. I can't actually remember the field. Uh, nope. I'm not entirely sure. Of course, with all the... might have been Jerome D'Ambrosio. I simply recall he was, he was struggling a bit. But, um, yeah, Stoffel uh, suffered in his first race. Started really well in fifth and then went backwards and there were some bad tactical calls as well that didn't help him. Yeah, I think he's got he's got um he's got a lot of improving to to do. Um I mean he's, I he's not had any off season though as well, I think is is worth remembering. There was like three weeks between Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and suddenly having to be in this new car, whereas I think some of the others have had a little bit more downtime. I think every everybody else got um pretty much a full amount of preseason testing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Stoffel kind of Straight, straight into the car after driving a different car. Can you call last year's McLaren a car? We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> and then finished. Where did he actually finish up? Um, qualified in fifth. Started fourth on the grid because just to make Formula E closer to F1, they brought in grid penalties. And then in the race, dropped to 15th. 20 seconds behind. Yeah, it wasn't a good race for him. Got to say that for one more time before the next F1 season starts. <laughs> but that's, that's going to be on over the weekend. And um, I'm sure we'll be about on various forms of social media. And if I get round to it, it might be live blogging because I've still got to test this new software out that I've not installed yet because Christmas kind of got in the way. And It does that, doesn't th- it? There was, th- there was this bottle of port. With, and now there isn't. Which got replaced on Christmas Eve because it disappeared. Moving moving swiftly on. Uh, rest Is it near that missing cheese? Might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've still got half a fridge of cheese. It was it was cheap. It was on sale. <laughs> I, I like cheese. Um, race of Champions weekend after next as well. With F1 drivers again this year. Yes. After they were all scared off last year by the Pascal Verline debacle. Yeah, I think um, I think what they've done for the 2019 version is got rid of those three-wheel, two-seat death the, Was it the Radical? Is that traps. what they were yeah, called? The, um, yeah, I think it, it was the Radical. Which, so this was, it was 2017, no, wasn't it? Yeah. Verline flipped one and broke his back and missed two races and then ended up losing his drive at the end of the year. And yeah. no one has seen him since. It was in DTM. He was. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, the picture quality of the UK DTM coverage is that bad, even um, even on legitimate TV, that, yeah, you can't even see him on that. <laughs> uh, let's have a look at the lineup for this year's Race of Champions. Because uh, it's um, a familiar lineup for Germany. They have Vettel and Mick Schumacher. Ah, right. Because Vettel and Michael Schumacher were they very were, much. They were, they were um, pretty common for uh, quite a few years in there. Um, the UK is David Coulthard. As always. Is that it? Um, Mexico, Esteban Gutierrez. So Why? Because somebody's How got... many drivers of Mexico got? They are, they are hosting it. They're oh, allowed I to put see. in as many I as they want. It is, it is in the, um, it's in the um, baseball stadium section of the um, Autodroma. Can we just quickly Rodriguez. talk about the fact that Pato Ward is Mexican? He has the most Irish name on the planet. <laughs> Patricio Pato Award. That's yeah. 
Who the heck is he? He, he does indie lights, but he did. I think he did a couple of um, wild cards in IndyCar last year. I, I remember his name and thinking they must have the wrong flag. Nope, he is, he is definitely Mexican. Yeah. Uh, born in Monterey. The one in Mexico, not the one in California. Not the cheese. Not the, not the cheese one either. Um, let's have a look who else is in there. The Nordic team, uh, Tom Christensen, he's a, he's a regular in there. Um, he usually comes with a good overall as well, doesn't he, for this? He usually has something a bit yeah, it was, special. Yeah, it was like Save the Elephants last year. I'm sure that was He had him. a big silver yeah. elephant on his black overalls. It, it, looked, it looked very striking. Nice. Got to admit that one. Um, and Lucas Degrassi, ex-Formula 1, current Formula E driver, he'll be taking part. Um, for Team Brazil, along with Helio Castroneves, and the US has got Ryan Hunter and Joseph Newgarden. Right, they've won then. I think Team GB needs to get somebody in alongside David Coulthard. Yes. Well, did he retired from racing? Yeah, he's not several he, years ago. He's didn't not he? an actual driver anymore, is he? Really? Aside from doing stunts with Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we not have more drivers than that? I thought I thought we did. Jensen Button's at a loose end. Max Chilton. Jensen Button's at a loose end. <laughs> Super GT season. Julian Palmer, maybe not. Maybe uh, this uh, is why. No, no, no. As Jenny Gow said, he's not bothered about driving anymore. She, she did say that five weeks ago. God, is it that long? Yeah. Somebody say, so, somebody say something, because none of us have spoken for about a month. We, we've forgotten how to do this, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, I'm just hoping this laptop still works. But it should, it should, be, um, it should be a good one, and with it, with it being in Mexico, it'll be on at a reasonable time for British and American viewers. So to anyone in, uh, anyone in sort of out east, sorry. <laughs> so that's the weekend after next. That's the weekend after next, weekend of the to 19th fair, and 20th. Though, there are no entrants out east, so... That there's no there's no interest like east of east of um, Britain, Britain Germany yeah which seems seems strange yeah I'm I'm sure I'm sure that lineup will probably change in um, in the next few days uh, right I think that's that's about all that we're scraping around in the uh, news for this week shall we talk about last season. Do we want to maybe talk a little bit about launch dates? Some of them are starting to come I suppose, out. yeah. Uh, Renault, I think, are leading at the moment with 12th of February. I think they're the earliest at the moment. Yes. Um, so just over a month away. Yes. Obviously not everyone's got their dates out yet, so there could be one. Haas, I think, was it Haas last year that just dropped a car and no one knew about it? Yeah. It was just, oh, here's the car. Yeah, here's, here's what it looks like. See you. But they're all they're all that week, aren't they? There's yeah, Renault, McLaren of Valentine's Day, McLaren of Valentine's Day. I think after, after their pole. R- racing Point. Are we still calling them Racing Point at the moment? We, we are any, because we that's any. their name at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got For anything now. else to call them. Uh, team. Huh? Team thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it? They're going on the. F- they're the thirteenth. They're the thirteenth. And I think I think that's it at the moment. Uh, possibly. F- didn't oh, Ferrari? Ferrari are the fifteenth, and then testing starts on the eighteenth. So I think there's usually a couple of teams leave it until. At the track, don't they? Essentially, here it is. There it goes. Yeah, Toro Rosso and Williams have launched at the first test in the past. Yes. Williams launched virtually last year because it was a. Everyone thought that they were seeing the car at the launch event, but it was actually it, was it wasn't like a hologram, even, wasn't it? It, was it a wasn't bit weird. It, yeah, it wasn't even a photo of the car. It was a it was a rendering of the car on the screens, so no, nobody got to see it. Uh, Red Bull are yet to announce. I'm sure they'll do some massive event, including fire and skateboards and and an exciting livery that you never see again. Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, can they just do something that isn't the same dark blue? 
Just probably for, not. For marketing it'd be, reasons, it'd be probably nice. not. Just so, for, Sauber were pretty early last year, weren't they? Um, no, it was, two, it was two years ago that they were one of the earliest because they had the 25th anniversary car. No, last, last year when they had the Sauber tie-up, they were pretty quick out of the starting blocks, if I remember right. Don't forget that they've got Kimmy driving next season. So It'll be when Kimmy says. They'll do yeah. it when they're ready. <laughs> yeah. What's the car like? Uh, a moment of Kimmy speak. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we've got all those to come. We are going to be covering as many of those as possible. Hopefully we'll be able to get to one or two of them if um, hint, things play hint out for right. Invite. Yeah, uh, so if there's um, any press officers from any of the teams listening to this right now, you know where to get in touch with us. On Twitter at Three Legs Four Wheels or Three Legs Four Wheels <laughs> at gmail.com, just in case you didn't. Uh, right then. So, our f- finally, we get round to the 2018 season review. We're just about still closer, I think, to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix than the Australian Grand Prix. So that's, I think, that's I think a start. we're okay. I think we're okay. Yeah, pesky season starting two weeks earlier or a week earlier or, or whatever it is and finishing later. And, um, another dominant one by Mercedes because they were, by the end of the season, they were first in a field of one. It was dominant at the end, but up until, up until just after Belgium, you couldn't tell who, was, who, who, who had the upper hand, could you? Not really, no, because, uh, I mean, Ferrari were... Mounting a serious challenge. They were, they were looking good. It's the first time in a long time that it's looked like Ferrari really could walk away with it. And then, and it, then just it fell apart. <coughs> it was... Um, yeah, it was after the summer break. They came back looking so strong in Belgium and they didn't actually look beatable. And then it seems... Um, they lost Sergio Marchione, unfortunately, and then everything fell apart for them. Yeah, I think there were there was there were cracks, weren't there? At Germany, I think when G- Vettel Germany's the obvious ended one. up in the in the gravel, and and there were a couple of quite bad strategy calls as well. That but hurt Mercedes them. had a little bit of that, didn't they, earlier in the year? Well, they had Austria, where they had a double DNF. Yeah. They had the safety car issue, or the virtual safety car issue in Australia. Um, Where Hamilton could have won, but ended up. Uh, yes, they, they not had their doing. calculation wrong, or they blamed maths, which seems reasonable. Uh, yes, maths <laughs> does change all maths. the time. Numbers. If you add two things together, who knows what could happen? <laughs> and then, of course, I mean, Mercedes, another bad one for them was China, finishing fourth and eighth. Yes. Um. I can't remind me what went what went wrong. What in China? In China, um, Vettel and Verstappen had an issue. Uh, that doesn't help with the Mercedes. That doesn't thing. help with the Mercedes. No, no the... um, I don't know because I was at a hen weekend and I didn't watch it live. I only watched it very quickly <laughs> <laughs> the next day, so I can't really. I don't really remember that race very well. I don't well. know because it was a long time ago, and it was very early in the morning. And I yeah. think you were off island as well. Was I? Because I ended up doing the podcast and I remember watching it like five minutes before I had to go out the door. Oh, was I over at my dad's? I think you might have been. Yeah, you might have been away and I think me and Chris did the live blog trying to keep each other awake. (laughs) (laughs) I think we had a rule. If one of of us started to flag, stab stab the other one in the leg. It's a good rule. It it, it must have worked. I think the live blog is still there on the website, so... (laughs) 
I, th- I think we <laughs> just got... no one knows what se- what it says. Yeah, I think I think we got away with that. I could have I should have been I should have reread all the and blogs before what, we started. What happened with Bottas is Ricardo drove past him. I think Bottas was leading quite late on, I seem to recall, and Ricardo just charged past as he does. Um, oh, that was the um, absolutely insane pass at the end of the long straight under DRS, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so this was a race just, after um, Bottas had possibly had a chance to beat Vettel and just didn't go for it. Mm. And that's when all the questions about is Bottas going to be any good for the rest of the season started cropping up and the answer turned out to be actually he's just going to be a bit mediocre. <laughs> um, should, we do, should we do the usual team by team? I think team by team. Team by team. And... In tradition, we'll start at the back with Williams. What can you say about Williams in 2018 that hasn't already been said? They might do better next year, or this year now. They would hope, really, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, I mean... Was it the car? Was it the drivers? Uh, Sergei Sorokin apparently is getting a test in the Formula E rookie test as well. Next week, I think we've seen the last of him in F1... Um, Lance Stroll does show some potential and we'll get to find out 2019 whether he was better than the car suggested uh, I think Sergei Sorokin could have his career rescued if Lance Stroll turns up in the racing point and is really really strong because that'll make Sorokin look even. better by by comparison yeah yeah, if it turns out that Lance Stroll was terrible, then that means Sorokin must have been as well. Yeah. But the car was unreliable. We uh, remember the first time, one of the first times where Craig Scarborough, he was saying that it, it was just that finely, finely balanced on the bad side. Yeah, was there some kind of random, situation random where aero stalling? The, when, when they turned the when, front wheels, it ruined the aero balance. and Yeah, and they... T- Closed DRS at the end of a straight, but wouldn't get the downforce back from it and things yeah. like that. Just obviously so, not not quite a horrendous a nightmare good for Williams. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that has to be their worst season ever. Even going back to that year that they had the um, Judd normally aspirated engines in the first turbo era, they at least man- they at least managed to get a podium that year, if I remember rightly. But they didn't look anywhere close to it this. This time round. A season to forget. Anyway, McLaren. <laughs> Talking of seasons to forget. And McLaren next. Um, technically, no. It's actually um, it's actually Toro Rosso. Where are we counting? Where are we counting Racing Point slash Force India? Because they should be eleventh technically, and and seventh, and seventh, and if you do maths, fourth. Shall we take them seventh? We'll take, we'll take, a, them, we'll the take them seventh. Standing, That's what we've got it? on it. So, Toro Rosso. Um, Mixed bag. What is the point of Toro Rosso these days? Well, in 2018, the point of Toro Rosso was to test the crap out of a Honda engine and get it ready for a Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than doing that with the drivers, that's what Toro Rosso was last year. It was a test team just for parts rather than people. But move, moving into um, moving into 2019, I know this is one for the preview show that we'll do in a few weeks' time. Um, it's not that anymore. But the 2018 Toro Rosso was an experiment for Red Bull and it was an experiment for Honda, just to get some reliability. Um, 
I'm not sure if it worked or didn't work because it was that hard to tell with everything that they were throwing at the car. They'll know, won't they? They'll mm. have the data. They'll know. Yeah. I mean, the, what that means to them. They didn't have as have as many issues as McLaren had had in the previous three years with the Honda engines. So that's a positive to take from it. Yeah, yeah. it certainly uh, seemed to get more reliability. And I think towards the end of the year, they were trying sort of more high performance stuff as well to see how how much power they could get from it. So depending on how they, if they can put all that together if they can have a more powerful engine and a more reliable engine then it will have been a good year for red bull sadly not such a good year for brandon hartley because um i think he was distracted quite a lot of the year by all the rumors was he going to see the season out yeah he um had very few standout races I think that's that's the best that's that's the best and kindest way of putting it. I think when we look back on the F1 career of Brendan Hartley, I think I'll just remember him as the most unlucky person on the planet. He got rear-ended in Monaco by Charles Leclerc, not his fault. He got wiped out in Canada by Lance Stroll, not his fault. His teammate took him out, I think, in China, spun him out of a points position. He just everything seemed to find him. Nearly got taken out by his teammate in Baku. I think that was his fault, to be fair. He wasn't, he wasn't he, looking. He, he, yeah, he changed line and Gasly was on the hot lap behind him. But Hartley just had no luck. Well, what the hell was you up say with him? he had no luck. Oh, he had he a lot of bad luck, to be fair. He wasn't looking like he was going to go anywhere near Formula One. And then one day they said, oh, you'll do. Sit in this car, will you? <laughs> I don't know if that was luck so much as it was a super license. Right place, right time. Yeah. That's... <laughs> a lot of people would be very happy with having driven an F1 car in their career. Yeah. Yeah, he he got to do it 24 times. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be honest, is more than some drivers that have been in the Red Bull organisation have managed to do even when they got to F1. Yeah. yeah what was it? Um, Christian Clean. I don't think he no. managed a full season. He kept getting replaced. <laughs> um, Gasly obviously did well enough to... Um, to impress Dr. Marco and get a promotion to the big boy team to replace the departing Danny Rick. He looks like a decent, solid driver. Yeah, ve very good result in Bahrain. Yeah. I mean, getting a Toro Rosso into fourth. Yeah, um, where was it he got the sixth? Was that Hungary? Let's uh, look. I think you may be right. You are right. Yep, six, uh, sixth in Hungary. Um, seventh in Monaco. So, Some good results. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in a car that, that really was not challenging for points all that often unless something went wrong in front of them. Uh, it was, what was going wrong with the Toro Rosso was usually behind Gasly because it was Hartley's Hartley. car that was <laughs> uh, failing on him. I'll be interested to see where Toro Rosso go in the future because now that Red Bull, moving forward, have got a young lineup. It's not. It's obviously not going to be the um, place for young drivers entering F1 in the Red Bull organisation to go anymore. The problem not, is none uh, of their young drivers are ready, is the issue, with the exception of Dan Tictum, who probably could be ready, but because he was a twat in Formula 4, hasn't got enough points for a licence. Which is why he's going to New Zealand over the um, over the next few months to do the series there, which if he wins, he'll have enough points for a super licence. Too late though, isn't it? Well, Albon's in now. Uh, just in case anyone anyone <laughs> gets binned off mid-season. So like Fiat when Verstappen needs a win. Who's driving for Toro Rosso this year? <laughs> <laughs> um, who do we have next? We have Sauber. 
Um, are they really that close to the back? It's very tight in the middle, I think, wasn't it? They yeah. were eighth with um, 48 points, just behind technically racing point with 52 and McLaren with 62. I would say it was a brilliant year for Sauber. Very good year for compared Sauber, to the la- Compared to the last few years, um, that was far better than they could have imagined because they've gone from three seconds a lap off the pace to... To, to up there. Scoring points in... Let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Two-thirds two thirds of the races, Sauber were in the points. There was at least one Sauber in there. Okay, you can put a lot of that down to Charles Leclerc being uh, absolutely shit hot. But Ericsson was... But Ericsson wasn't an embarrassment. Behind him. Yeah, he, he kept him honest, I think. I feel bad for Ericsson because all the years that he's had in F1... <laughs> We've it, slagged it, him it, off constantly and now had, we quite like him. He's had, well, he's had, <laughs> he's had some crap cars. And let's be fair, he's had some performances that have matched the quality of those cars. Yes. But he had a good car this year and he put some good performances in. So maybe he's just one of those who drives to the level of the car. He also, I think a lot of it, um, I think Frederick Vasseur put a lot of it down to him losing some weight as well. I think he said that he'd always been about 10 kilos over. Oh, no, it might not have been 10 kilos, that sounds a bit extreme. But that he'd always that's been a, a, a bit overweight <laughs> and that he'd, he'd got on it in the well, off-season. He's, he's quite a tall guy, isn't yes. he? Yes, so it's small easy to be. for error. It's easy to be 10 kilos more than you should be if mm-hmm. you're six foot something. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's about... He's about six inches taller than Alonso. Yeah. Um, I think Ericsson's about six one, six two, and Alonso's about five seven. And Alonso does look a lot chubbier than him, but they are the same weight. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Sorry, my voice got stuck. Then. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I think that is that is Sauber's that is Sauber's best season since. Oh God. Probably about eight years, seven or eight years. Yeah. They did have yeah. some, some a little staffing debacle, didn't they? Where was it someone got fired for being drunk on a flight, allegedly? Oh, yes. I, I forgot. can't remember who it was. I've forgotten about that. Yes, it but was. It was someone it was... quite high up. Yes, it was one of the um, one of the chief technology guys, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't it? remember his name, but it was literally the person sat to the right of Vasseur. It, it was literally his right-hand man in, in their team photo. Um but yeah, I think that aside, fairly. Yeah, and it's good to see him on a sound financial footing as well after the last God knows how many years of, well, ever since BMW yeah. left, really. Which, that's what, about 10 years now since BMW yeah. went. And good signing of Raikkonen as well, as soon as he started looking around, realising he was out Ferrari very quickly in there. You, weren't, you wouldn't turn him down. You know, it, it's unfortunate that it's like dumped Marcus Ericsson into a reserve driver role and um, IndyCar next season. Have we seen the last of Ericsson in F1? I think he says so, doesn't he? He's, he's said he's very excited to be in IndyCar and it's a new chapter and the next stage. And but is, yeah, the, is, I, that, is that PR bluster? I can't see anyone saying, right, we've got a seat. Who's the ideal guy? Marcus Ericsson. Depends what money he can bring with him. Then again, who needs the money these days? Williams, maybe. In a couple of years. Possibly, but 
if they if he came up if he came with enough money, they would have had him this year. Probably if they very wanted true. Him. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. So it looks like we have seen the last of him. Then thinking about Probably, thinking yes. about but it, he he will be in IndyCar, and we like IndyCar now. Don't we, officially as I a think podcast, it's, it's yes. growing, isn't it? It's growing yeah. on us. Yeah, we're, we're being nice to it. Still not too sure about NASCAR apart from uh, apart from that Roval, which was pretty cool. And if they, if they have about ten more Roval races a season, I will watch more IndyCar than about anyone else. I'm trying to remember what the Roval is. They do a lap of the Oval, <laughs> then they do a lap of the road course. Oh, okay. Because they put an, they put one the coned off about twenty meters of the oval, made them um, made them do a very sharp left turn, and then did the whole interior road course, and then put them back on the oval. So it was a road oval, a roval. Okay, I do not recall this. I've purged it from my memory. I think I, I think I was watching it on my laptop while you were doing some work or something. Fair enough. Damn good chance. Right, seventh place officially. Racing point. So do we talk about the two halves of their season, or how do well, we go about this? I don't, I don't know, because, I mean, the the form was pretty much... Rough start, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, took took him a while to get going, and... Th- though that has been the case quite often with with uh, the team that was before they became Racing Point. The new Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. Ja- uh, Jordan. Sorry, Red Bull or Jaguar. Yeah, we're... When they were Force India, quite often they would start slowly and we'd speculate, are they actually going to make it to the end of the season? We've heard rumours about financial stuff going wrong. You do know that this is going to be the first year where we're actually, going, we're actually not going to be able to say, are Force India or that team going to make it to Barcelona for the test? Yeah. Because we've, yeah. we've, we've, said, we've said that since 2014. You've got to assume Lawrence Stroll will pay for them. Mm. <laughs> um, but So... I would say another very strong year for them overall. Yeah, I mean the the um, once they once they got going, which round about Azerbaijan after Perez got that third, um, you start to see a lot more a lot more consistency from him. And it took Hock on a couple more races to pick his game up. He didn't actually score his first points of the season until Austria. But then he was um, regularly inside the top ten. They didn't get on one hundred percent again this year, though. No, it was, I think, an easier relationship than last year, or any difficulties were kept a lot more private. Yeah, they were very public about their um, about the on track issues last time round. Yeah, I think it might have been a bit easier this year because there was a bit more of a gap. Between the two drivers, I think the problem last year was that they were so close to each other, and this year Ocon looked a little bit behind Perez, which probably made it a bit easier for the team. Which is odd because Ocon actually outqualified Perez. Um, I think he, I think it was twelve nine in the end. But I wonder if because he's the Mercedes driver, he knows where the uh, the party time ah, is. Could, yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Perez is not party to that information. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never thought of it like that, actually. <laughs> I am joking, but kind of wondering if I've accidentally <laughs> you stumbled might, you upon might, some You might have stumbled on something there. Um, but yeah, and, um, I mean, they're in, a, they're in a good position, but even by the time they, um, by the time the financial crisis hit. Yeah. And it looked at one point like they wouldn't make it to the end of the season. I mean, they turned up for, for Spa and we weren't sure whether or not they were going to be. I think even up to like the Thursday, we weren't sure if they were going to be in FP1. 
because there was some kind of issue of it. Was it naming rights or the entry right or the chassis or there was some situation? Well, I think there were lots and lots of protests going on. Most famously, the um, the Hass one over is it is it a new entrant? Is it a bought entry? What what is it? You know yeah. what, what it is. What prize money are they getting? <laughs> I think basically they were arguing over minute wording deficiencies in contracts, which is what lawyers are paid an absolute fortune to do. Yeah, I think the I think there was an Andrew Benson article about this yes. that we talked about on the podcast. This one um, well. Yeah, the. The basic thing about that is Haas wanted to lose that case, but they wanted a judgment that... So that there was like a precedent. That Racing forward. Point was a brand new entrant. Which means you don't get any prize money for your first three years. They've got a Lawrence Stroll. They probably don't need the prize money. Well, that's one thing that Lawrence Stroll actually did when um, when the Racing Point Consortium, as I think they are officially at the moment, took over the team is Lauren Stroll personally paid off all outstanding bills from Sahara Force India. Now, normally that, ha- that usually goes through a legal process and there's normally a lot of long period of negotiation for what percentage of the outstanding debt from, them, uh, from a liquidated or bought-out company or a company in administration will take. But Lauren Stroll actually just paid everything off just to get on with it. Yeah, it may well be cheaper and better from the point of view of performance just to pay it all off get that stuff out of the way move on i think one of the issues was i think i think wages were involved in that as well and i think if you're going to be the boss it's a good idea if you do pay people yes. it gets them on side doesn't it <laughs> well of course it was um it was a whole thing about wages that um that brought the administration in the first place because... well, yeah, it was precipitated by sergio perez who was asked by the team well, yeah did it to save the team yeah, because he, he, as a creditor, had the ability to put them into the administration to look for a new buyer rather than to seek a winding up process, which I think someone else was looking to do, I think was the story, that, wasn't it? Yeah. But because he was owed more, his case yeah, because came first. For, for a while, it looked like Sergio Perez was the bad guy for forcing Force India into administration. Yeah, and but it turned actually out... he did it to save them, which is probably why he still has a job. Wouldn't surprise me. And um, Ocon, actually, Ocon posted on Instagram this morning a picture of the uh, Mercedes headquarters saying first day back at work, um, to which somebody somebody commented, I can't remember who it was, lots of simulator time then. Although not, because is, is, uh, is it not Stoffel Van Dorn that's their sim driver now? Um, I'm not sure, because... Do they only have one simulator? Uh, they, they probably don't do that. I think I'd be honest. The most, they probably the have about ten. But apparently, Ocon is going to be simulator driver for all the Mercedes-powered teams. Oh, I see. So he's also just their reserve driver yeah, as well, isn't he? He's, he's, I think he's going to be sort test. of general Mercedes engine testing guy. General Pirelli Mercedes engine test testing guy. guy. <laughs> um, basically, basically, what Danny Kvyat was doing at Ferrari. Okay, I I thought there was something about Stoffel had some kind of simulator only job with Mercedes. Um, I I seem to remember something like that. Yeah, I read that, but like you said, probably got more than probably got more than one simulator. Yeah. Um, I suppose the more simulations they run, the better. If Lando Norris, if Lando Norris can put one in his house, a fully functioning, fully staffed Formula One team must have room for more than one. Billy Munger has one in his house, but he had to pack it away for Christmas so that his parents could get the tree in. 
or a table. I think it might have been a big dining room table or something like that. So he was he was kicking off <laughs> until all the decorations got put away. After watching that documentary, they have got that kind of sizable barn conversion house. So there there is probably room for a big simulator in there as well as a Christmas tree. Which does that mean he was just taken over the dining room completely and put a race sim in there? Possibly. I, I want that house. <laughs> Uh, right, next up, McLaren. Sixth place, mainly through the efforts of one driver. Well yes, done, Stoffel. Fernando Stoffel. Alonso, sixth. Alonso Williams. Not Alonso, what am I saying? Van Dorn, kind of Williams-esque. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Stoffel got a good start to the year and then didn't oh, yeah. actually score another point after Baku. If you had to say which team did better... McLaren or Sauber, just just without looking at yeah, the you would, you would think you, it you would, would be Sauber. Sauber, wouldn't you? You would really because double points finishes, more consistency, most of the time a faster car. Qualifying was better. I think Leclerc was in Q three more often than not, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Whereas so McLaren, McLaren don't get... feel like they've done that well this year, and I don't remember any standout races for them. But quietly, it was all those first three. It. it was just those yeah, first four, three or four, 14, wasn't it? Fourteen points ahead of the next team below them that contested a full season. How many points did they get up to Baku? Um, up to Baku, oh, I'm going to have to do some adding. The one they got <laughs> positions here. Um, a fifth, three sevenths, two ninths, and an eighth. So some, <laughs> some. <laughs> Some, but that's that's got to be most of their points over those four races. In fact, in the first in the first four races, um, the only double points finish they didn't get was in China when Stoffel finished thirteenth. And they just seemed not to have developed the car, which was strange because was there not some deal where they had the first few races of the season were last year's car adapted slightly, and then they had a new a B chassis. Um, Midway through. No, they had the A chassis. It was, it was this year's car, um, but they had to bolt on a lot of parts from last year's because this oh, year's, this year's car was terrible. A new, a new car. And then, yeah, then then the new car came in for. I think it was possibly Japan. Uh, um, well, I thought it was earlier. But they were terrible. Yes, they they I think had a lot of. Management changes. Boulier went. Gilda Ferran turned up. Yeah, um, Zach Brown is reorganising the whole management structure right across the team. Yeah, Andrea Stella got a promotion. I think. Yeah, because they, they need something to do with him now. He's not going to be Fernando's race engineer. <laughs> um, all the constant speculation: Are they going to put a full entry in for IndyCar next year? No. Are they going to enter the Indy 500? Somehow. <laughs> um, what are they going to do with Bob Fernley once the Indy 500's finished? God Pack knows. to a box. <laughs> um, yeah, every, yeah, we've slated McLaren all the way through the season, but that, I mean, they basically built the whole year on the first four or five races. And... I don't know if you can hear Bruno kicking oh, off in the background. Here he comes. He we we, are, we are about to be podcasted. Here he is. Nope, he's not being very talkative. 
So it's very interested in the microphone. So it it looks like McLaren actually had a better go of it at the start of the year than um, we give them credit for. Because I think we've been slating them all year. Possibly they just had a lucky start while a few other people were working through teething problems and. Yeah, I mean you look at you look at Bahrain and. Both Red Bulls retired, Raikkonen retired, um, Grosjean took part in the race because Haas obviously finished ahead of McLaren in the constructors. <laughs> Grosjean had his usual early season kind of thing. Um, Renault weren't spectacular. Yeah. They, man they managed, at least, and going going on the three years of the uh, the Honda-powered car, at least they managed to get it round, round the track to the end. That is true. Yeah. Which I think that's that's basically all they wanted with the Renault Power. Yeah, there were no, the there back. were no did not starts for McLaren this year. It makes a change, <laughs> which is unusual. But, <laughs> over the last over the last few years, even going back to the last season with Mercedes engines, they've had trouble actually getting the car on the grid. I mean, do we call it a rebuilding year again? Because how many how many more can you have? But are they not rebuilding again this year? Because they've got a whole new driver lineup and. Yeah, it'll it'll just get if it's if they're shit again, they'll ju it'll just get called a rebuilding year again. They are rapidly becoming the Cleveland brand of the F1 grid. <laughs> That's but, not good. <laughs> <laughs> but if they can carry on, not looking particularly good, but quietly moving up the up the standings, mm. and that's not too bad a thing. I mean, it didn't help with Zach Brown saying it could take up to 10 years before you see us win a championship again. That's what the board want to hear. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones that pay his wages. And don't forget, he's not a shareholder. He's only an employee. Oh, that was something that happened this year with McLaren as well. Nicholas Latifi's dad bought a bit of them. Oh, yes. £250 million For 10% or something like that. So he is a shareholder. And yet Nicholas Latifi doesn't get... Um, doesn't get the young driver's seat. That's gone to Sergio Setti camera. I think Lando Norris might have um, put a little word in Lando for his Norris's F2 teammate. teammate from uh, the season just gone. Yeah, so McLaren, not as disappointing as we thought they were realistically, but still the perception is they're a team that wins races and championships. Yeah, they're and we're saying, still not where you expect them to be. And we're, and we're saying... Sixth is an achievement, although technically seventh because... Although could have been higher if not Van Dorn in the other car. Because yeah. He, just, he really was terrible he was the second he was half of the he season. He was dead man walking for the second half of the season. I think they said that... I think they told him they were letting him go. Quite Even if they didn't tell him, I think he probably knew. I think it was fairly before, obvious. Yeah. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what they come up with in 2019. You say new driver lineup, new car, new management, new structure, new start, new excuses. Maybe. Talking of excuses, um, it was Ericsson that hit me. Oh, no, it has, wasn't. Has. <coughs> the binary team. It wasn't even Ericsson that was directly behind him. It was Leclerc. He didn't even get the right Sauber, and it didn't touch him anyway. What What can you say about Hass apart from oh, it's Grosjean, duck. I mean, they... oh, it's, oh, it's Grosjean duck. Oh, it's Grosjean with his illegal car twice. They should have got better results <laughs> than they did. 
because one of the cars was doing pretty well. Maybe if Hass had had Van Dorn in the um, in the Grosjean car. Yeah, at least it wouldn't have hit as many things. Including the wall behind a safety car. That's got to be the most embarrassing crash of the year. I don't know. He he has a few strong contenders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you could. You... Well, I think Ocon actually might get it, to be fair. Most embarrassing crash for when he wiped out Verstappen. Oh, possibly. When he was leading a race yes. and being lapped. Yes. Is that Brazil? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty poor. Yeah, that that, that was uh, bad form, I think, is, I think <laughs> is the phrase. But Haas looked really strong in Australia, and then they had the wheel gun problem, yes. and both cars had to retire within metres of coming out of the There pits. was a lot of that in the early part of the season, wasn't there? Not just Haas, there seemed to be a few cars. Uh, Raikkonen had a horrible issue with um, his mechanic, but... There was a few, I think, Force India a couple of times. One of them there, there had, had a been wheel a few on. unsafe yeah. releases. Yeah, did, did you notice by the um, by the European part of the season started in Spain, a lot of teams had now reverted to... They didn't have someone with a lollipop, but they had someone stood in front of the car making sure that all the wheels were actually on. It's helpful. Ra- rather than the automated system, which... It is the point which, of the pit stop, get your tyres on. Apparently the whole the whole thing was um, was blamed on a loose sensor in the trigger of the wheel gun, where when when you pressed it once, it made it look like you pressed it twice, so that actually said that it was clear, and the tyre had been changed. Ouch. So it's not w- very good. It was something like a twenty-five p micro switch. Oh, it always is, isn't it? It's always fifty p piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, the bounce, the bounce back certainly. K Mag. That, that's been a great season for him this year. Yeah. yeah. Who saw that coming? Um, nobody. That has really helped his reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was... Um, I, I don't think we actually used the words, but it kind of fits from every year up to this one. Bit of a seat filler. Yeah. yeah. The, guy, the random guy in a tux that just takes somebody's seat at, at uh, the Oscars when someone gets up to go to the loo so it doesn't look like there's an empty <laughs> space there. That's kind of been K-Mag in a racing suit. The Van der Gaard role. But it is his, his racing is suit, his not somebody suit. considerably <laughs> shorters. <laughs> um, oh, no, Guido van der Gaal's funny these days, isn't he? He's the James Blunt, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Magnussen, um, fan- fantastic performance. Um, again, he was best of the rest a couple of times. Yeah, a couple, couple of fourths, was it? Yeah, fourth, uh, fourth in Austria and a fifth in Bahrain. Can't see any. Can't see any other thoughts on there. I think it was the. I think the fourth as well. Uh, best ever result for Haas. Yeah, because uh, I think the best before then was sixth, which was at their first race, and then they've done that another couple of times. Couple of times since. Um, sorry, no. It, uh, fifth was fifth was their best at the start of the season in Bahrain, ah. which beat their sixth in their debut race, and of course all the eleventh places for Gutierrez when he was driving for them. I just want to query that chart a little bit that you've got in front of you. I don't think it was Magnussen that got the fourth in Austria. I think it was Grosjean. No, because yeah, Grosjean... I think, was... That's what I'm saying. I think Wikipedia, mm. editable by anyone, might not be factually accurate. I would double-check that. I think it was Grosjean, because he'd done fuck all. And then... It was his first points of the season. It was his first points of the season. I'm sure it was him that got the fourth. Somebody been playing about with Wikipedia and making things look wrong. Yes, it was. Scandalous. Yes, it was. Wikipedia tells you lies. Regardless of <laughs> yeah, regardless of whether he finished fourth or fifth, it did take until Austria for Grosjean to get any points. 
You know, it's none of us questioned instantly that Grosjean might have been better than. <laughs> and to be honest, we were asking for most of the season, is he done? And most people were answering yes. Yeah, he had a really, really weak start to the season. The end of the season, he did a lot better. Looked like a driver. Yeah. Was, it, was actually in position to be disqualified from the points. Yeah, his, his results improved. However, talking about being disqualified, not just because of the car, he very very close points uh, penalty points wise to get in a race ban and that's something I think is going to carry over to next year he's starting 2019 with nine penalty points so he's still only two off yeah that's he he needs to stop hitting things or he <laughs> he's gonna end up sitting out a race and uh, you know he was he was complaining that um, this point system's bullshit it was brought in because of him because no, driving into people is bullshit. That's that's why you have all the points. <laughs> because he was the last driver to get a race ban for um, dangerous driving on four previous occasions when he tried to decapitate half the entire field in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, a much better year for Haas. And let's let's see what they can do next year if they've got both drivers actually on top of the game. Yeah. Yeah, if, if Grosjean can get points and not hit people... Could be a good thing. And if this year's Magnussen turns up. Yes. Yeah, a repeat of this year's K-Mag, and I think Haas could be looking at challenging Renault for fourth. Definitely. I think we'll be in there. Obviously, Renault are next in fourth. Um, or challenging Renault for fifth, depending on how Racing Point do. That is true, actually. And depending on how Red Bull do with the Honda, but we are drifting into preview yeah. a little bit. Here. That, that is true. We're not going to do that until there's been at least Save one car Save that for watch. another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still a few weeks till the season starts and we've got a lot of shows to do. Um, so, yeah, Renault were technically fourth. 122 points, won the Best of the Rest award. Hulk got the Best of the Rest driver award for finishing seventh. Not fifth, because Hulk is always fifth. He's always in fifth at one point, <laughs> but he, fi he qualifies and finishes seventh more than more than anything else. Uh, we've got one, two, three... Oh, only three seventh places this season. But he qualified in seventh a lot more. Yes. Um, Carlos Sainz was possibly the weaker link in the team. I think so, yeah. He didn't have a season that made him look like a potential future champion, which he has done in the past. He drove the arse off the Toro Rosso when he was in it, but... He had a hell of a lot more DNFs than Hulkenberg. Yeah, I mean, let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine retirements. Although, again, that's not Although, again, that's, that's going to be the other correct. way around, because, yeah... Wikipedia's table is shit. Who'd have thought it? Because, yeah, it was Hulkenberg, wasn't it, that didn't finish in Abu Dhabi because he was upside down and on fire. Oh, on, Carlos Sainz, two. Really? Yeah, it was oh, Hulk. Excuse it me. was Hulk that had the rest. Wikipedia again. Yeah. I think we better just leave that. Table we'll just we'll just leave that one there. It's easier <laughs> to scroll say. back to the team one yeah. every now and then. Um, but yeah, okay, he did. He actually did better than it looked. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the order that they were putting it, and I think they were putting the putting it in finishing order rather than driver by driver. That's that's a bit pants. But 
No, Saints, I think, should have done more with what he had available to him. Yeah. I think more was expected, wasn't it? It was the first time everyone was thinking, oh, Hulkenberg's actually got a teammate that's going to challenge him after the Jolian Palmer situation. Which, um, I, which I don't think you can blame Jolian Palmer for a lot of the time because he wasn't deliberately setting his car on fire. And Hulk got first dibs on new parts, didn't he, all the time? Yeah. With the Palmer partnership. Yeah, that's true. And I think I think that was the case again this possible, season. Possible, possible. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sainz was in an opposition contract-wise as well because he was only on loan to Renault. The Red Bull organisation still owned him. God knows what was going to happen to him. And then he... And got... then Renault signed Daniel Ren- Ricciardo and he ended up... He ends in up, no man's land, really, didn't he, for a little while. Which is the same as going to McLaren at the minute. Yeah, it was pretty obvious that Red Bull were going for Gasly, so he wasn't going to go there, and he wasn't staying at Renault. So, yeah, he. I think he came out of the season as, as good as he could have hoped for, really. Mm. I think the, the main issue with Renault this year, and um, this, this carries over into Red Bull as well, is the engine has just been unreliable, unpredictable... Not enough power. Not enough not power. Enough speed. Um, Max Verstappen probably described it best when some, his engineer came on the radio and said, uh, any problems with the car? I was like, yes, this lump behind me. <laughs> so, Renault, it, it goes in cycles with them. Sometimes they have a good engine, sometimes they make a good car, sometimes they do both. Because I think that's been the case with Renault in Formula 1 every time they've been in Formula 1. And we're going back to the days when it was Alan Prost and René Arnoux in the early 80s. You know, the Renault Turbo was absolutely fantastic. And then it took them three years after the Turbo era finished to make a decent, normally aspirated engine, which then worked well with Williams and Benetton. And then they pulled out, and then they were back, and... And then they got Alonso. And then he left and then they fell off again for a year for a couple of years and then he came back and he was he was good and the car was alright. It's it's just been that all the way through. So did we see it every year's a transitional year for Renault unless they win a championship. I mean that's great if you transition to winning a championship. That's yeah. that's what you're going for, really, at the end of the day. But they've gone from fifth to fourth this time yeah. round because the team in fourth lost points for the first two thirds of the season. Um, but Homer Simpson default. Yes. Really. I want to see more from him next year. Yeah. Yes, particularly now that they've got Ricardo as well. Yeah. Um, he says he's bringing the glory days back. He, he Dan, does like a, to we'll, say a lot of you're, things. You're a Springsteen fan, so we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> Will Courtney Cox be dancing? <laughs> Not with the light on. Uh, right, Red Bull. Um, possibly the sweariest year on the grid. Yeah. How many times was Max beeped? Um, how many times was Ricardo beeped for celebrating? Well, only twice. <laughs> I don't know. There was the pole position when he was absolutely tripping balls. Yeah, yeah. Or was tripping it tri- tri- major nutsack. Tripping major nutsack, sorry. And yeah, B- and BDE. B- BDE. Yep. Um, that's just Red. It's just Red Bull doing Red Bull things. They're they're going to be a lot. Don't know what to describe it. It's Red Bull in twenty nineteen are going to be a lot less Red Bull for not having Danny Rick. Yes, I, I I don't think of Pierre Gasly. I I may be doing him a disservice. I don't think of him as a sort of wacky, entertaining character. I don't think he's had the chance in 
in Toro Rosso. Maybe that's it. In Toro Rosso, you don't have personality until you graduate to the main team. They don't give you one until you're in the big car. Uh, I think in the past when we had like Sainz Verstappen in the Toro Rosso, yeah, they've they've had personalities. But this year they've been trundling around trying to make the Honda engine work as well as it can and haven't had the ch- haven't had the opportunity to shine. So Pierre Gasly, he might be a lot of fun next year. Maybe he is going Who to be knows? Verstappen's teammate, though. So <laughs> I don't know if that'll be fun for him or not. If he has too much fun, then Yoss will probably punch him in the face or something. Oh, Verstappen does his own punching these days, though, didn't he? No, that, is, that, that is that is true. Now he seemed to seem to have inherited the Verstappen jab. Yeah, I mean that was. Um, I mean that well, that used to happen all the, all the way through until about sort of fifteen years ago. It wasn't a season without at least one driver fight. And it was usually after somebody had taken somebody else off. Yeah. I mean, that, that is what happened with Verstappen and Ocon this yeah. year. There was an incident. It's just that rather than, uh, rather than doing it on the circuit, which is the normal case, they waited to do it in front of the FIA official in the weighing room. Of course oh, they're going to get pulled for that. But, yeah, Red Bull, four, four wins in total this year, two each, for, uh, two each for each driver. Bearing in mind that they're a distant third... Behind, uh, yeah, behind very, Ferrari, very behind third Mercedes. And very much clearer fourth, completely in their own. The, yeah, but they space. shouldn't have a chance of winning. No. No, I mean they, they were I don't know, Formula One point two five. Yeah, possibly. They, they should occasionally pick up a podium when the top guys don't finish. So they are doing really well to be to to win four races in a season. Yeah. Um. Good good quality car. When the engine worked, it was great. Um, you can't question the amount of talent that they had behind the wheel. It was just all reliability that stopped them being yeah, properly all reliability part of the top apart three. from when their two drivers hit each other. That's not helpful. Yeah, yeah. lack of lack of the whole Baku thing yeah. was a little bit of an embarrassment. Lack of decision by the pit wall, I think that was the issue. They knew Ricardo would go for that overtake, and they they could have told Verstappen. Not to put up the fight, but would he have listened anyway? That's that's the thing though, because you go back to when he was even in Toro Rosso, and the number of times he got told to, a couple of times he got told to let science passed, and kicked off on the radio, even though they were on different strategies. Yeah, I I I think it's a different thing, isn't it? Red Bull and Ricardo to Toro Rosso and Signs. I think he might not have liked it. He wouldn't have liked the call, and he probably wouldn't have let him past straight away but i think you know they demoted a driver last year for not doing what he was meant to do the the threat is there well what he was meant to do was not hit anyone yes and he kept doing that yeah i'm not saying they would have demoted verstappen if he was told to let ricardo passed and put gasly in the car but yeah he's seen that happen that's how he got his drive in that team so true but um, i'm with you dan i think that was a that was a great year for him considering yeah. Uh, what was it? Forty horsepower lower than Mercedes and Ferrari, something like that. And that, yeah. that was on a, that was on a good day, and you know, four four wins when the drivers from the top two teams were still in there. Yeah. So there were sometimes they genuinely had the faster car. Yeah, the the Monaco win for Ricardo as well with the engine that was 
not was it the, was the, M- the MGUH or the MGUK yeah, it was, it, wasn't it was one of the one of the MGUs yeah. and what was it 150 horsepower he'd lost and that was the only circuit where he could have actually done what he did yeah. on it yeah. um, you know he rang the neck out of that car and managed to get it home without bursting into flames um, you know that's that's one of the performances of the season I reckon yeah. very possibly yeah. Ferrari then is this a review or is this um, an inquest? <laughs> a post-mortem. Yeah, I mean, self-destructed? Could you call it that? Um, I don't don't think so, because part of it is Mercedes and especially Hamilton really pulling something special out of the bag when it looked like Ferrari had the upper hand. But yeah, part of it is Ferrari not making the most of things when they had the stronger car. They had but they should have been able to win this season. I mean there's been stories coming out in the last uh, the last couple of days since um the whole Arriva Benny thing was looking like it was gonna happen that Arriva Benny was trying to push Vettel too hard and he was trying to get him to um drive in ways that he wasn't comfortable with and wasn't good at. And was it were they chasing were they chasing the success that they didn't need to chase because it was coming to them and they tried too hard and just blew it. Possibly, maybe overthought it a bit a few times with strategy calls. They had some very very strange ones of those ones, this year. They, yeah. Um, I mean, how many times did we say that uh, they, were use- they were using Kimi as um, a mobile chicane mm-hmm. when he was on tyres that were about 10 laps past the best? Yes, yeah, yeah. some, some of their tyres. Just, tire... just to hold somebody up, and it wasn't working. Well, I can't remember which race it was as well where the, all the leaders had pitted quite early and randomly they pitted Vettel for a second time and everyone else stayed out, and it was very obvious that that's what was going to happen. I can't remember which one that was. Um... Might have been Japan. It was. It was towards the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I, I think. It, it I think it could have been Japan because he's because Vettel was sixth there and had lost places. But yeah, Ferrari just. It's hard to hard to say one area that they got right and one area that they got wrong because they were up and down in everything. Yeah, you know, some weeks they turn up with a car that was up to two or three tenths a lap, faster than the Mercedes. And then they'd stick the wrong tyres on it and expect to um, expect to make up the gap in a pit stop that wasn't going to happen. On other weeks, they'd turn up with a car that was on a par with the Red Bulls and make some brilliant strategy calls and win races that they didn't deserve to win. Yeah. So where do, where do you judge Ferrari? There was some. Int- there was qualifying. There was a couple of races towards the end of the season as well, where it was a bit mixed conditions, and it just seemed whatever tire they put on in Q three was wrong. Yeah. Um, I think was it Italy was one of them. I think possibly. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I can't uh, even remember what the weather situation Kimi was. For Kimi that, ended but. up with pole in Italy. And there was yes, the, he did, didn't there he? was a video doing the doing the rounds for ages. The Finnish commentator absolutely losing his <laughs> shit when uh, when Raikkonen crossed the line. It's a very to unfinished wi- thing. To, to which do. Vettel's response response was, "We'll talk about this later," because Vettel had had to give him a toe. Yes. 
Yes. Or Vettel yeah. had been put in the position of giving him a tow when he thought it was the other way around. Obviously, the car was capable of pull because Raikkonen went and proved it, but Vettel thought he should have had the prime spot. Yeah. Obviously, it all got screwed up in the race when he ended up backwards. As he did a few times. Yeah, <laughs> France as well with the collision with Bottas. He was he was good at losing the car. I asked Craig Scarborough during the season, is there, is there a problem with the balance on there? And the slightest nudge throws anything completely out of shape and uh, sends the car backwards. To which his answer was, no, Vettel just boots it when he gets touched and he gets it wrong. It does seem to go round very easily, the Ferrari, obviously. Something Vettel's doing wrong rather than the car itself. But it did seem like it took nothing to... You just look, you look at it funny yeah, and it's backwards. It's off. Which, that kind of sums Ferrari's season up. Don't, don't look at them wrong, otherwise it'll completely go tits up. I think we can be a little bit more positive about the Raikkonen season, though. He was, like, the perfect number two driver. He's, he had years of Bottas in it. Yeah. He didn't look like he deserved to be in that team. And then, I think, towards the end of 2017, he was looking more solid and you are occasionally seeing racy Kimmy and then 2018 best Kimmy season for ages yeah how many podiums did he get it was something like how many wins did he get more than usual (laughs) (laughs) what one win but uh one two uh, I'm just looking at the because he had the um he had the podium streak between France and Hungary that's five Uh, in a row is five in a row we've got six seven eight and bearing in mind that often he was being used as a chicane. Yeah. Twelve podiums. He finished on the podium over half in half over half the races this season. That is crazy. Now that is that isn't he shouldn't be able to do that at his age if Formula One is for the under twenty fives these days, which all the teams want you to believe it is. And he's what, 37? thirty seven? No, 30, no, he's thirty nine. Thirty nine, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he, he will be 40. I think it's around about USA, his birthday. Maybe, maybe a little bit before. Right. It's in that neck of the yeah, woods. But September, By, by rights, he should not be able to do that. And he, he dragged the hell out of that car. And still found time to write a poetry book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which there's still um, one available in the competition, which you've got until this weekend to uh, get your entries into, which we'll give you the details later on. That just leaves us with Mercedes. Uh, now we've accused Hass of being the binary team, but I think it was, uh, I think it was Mercedes' turn this year because they had a world champion, and Valtteri Bottas also drove the car. Yeah, Bottas looked like one of the best drivers on the grid though for about the first three or four races, and he was just having bad luck. He had, a, I think, he did have a gearbox change in somewhere that dropped him down a bit. He had. Um, the puncture. The puncture in Baku, in Baku when he should have won. But, but he genuinely looked pretty much just like he was having a little bit of a bad run, but it was going to come at some point and he'd be fine. And then he got the new contract in Germany and then he was shit. He just, yeah. Um, every time he finished a race, his, low, his lowest finishing position was seventh. He never actually crossed the line outside of the points all season. Except for in Austria. Um, where he didn't cross the line, yeah. <laughs> where he didn't, where he didn't cross the line, and Baku, where he didn't finish, obviously, because he was still, yes, he was still classified fourteenth yeah. because his puncture happened towards the end. Um, 
but I don't know. He looked he looked like a beaten man for most of the year. I wonder if his contract was very different to what he was expecting. What instead of it saying instead of it you saying will, you will race for us, it'll, yeah. two years equal number one status, one year number two status. Is it one year deal is signed again? He is on a one year deal. So I think I mean, it that... might be a one year deal with option, but I'm sure it was a one year yeah. deal. It's just it's just been a rolling option since um, since I signed him, and you know maybe, maybe that's the wrong way to treat him. I'm I'm no sports psychologist, but they should should have noticed by now that that's affecting him. Give him the deal up to 2021 if you intend to keep him in the car. But yeah. do they? Do they? They they want Ocon in really, don't they? It's just that he wasn't consistent yeah. enough this year. They want Ocon or Russell or mm-hmm. someone who is. I think they want Rosberg, really. They want someone who is going to be pushing <laughs> Lewis. Yeah. Not someone who's going yeah, to that... follow him and not be able to do one twos every weekend. Because mm. he hasn't, has he? He's he's not he had quite a lot of seconds, but for the the amount of wins that Lewis got, he wasn't he wasn't Did there actually, often enough. I think uh Germany was Spain, I think, was a one-two. Spain, was Spain a one-two? Yeah, I think. I think they only had. They Italy only had was, f- wasn't it? One-three. One-three. Yeah, Raikkonen came second. Uh, I think they only had four one-twos this year, which for a team that prides itself on being dominant and at the front, and we can be capable of winning everything, um, you'd expect more. And yeah. of course, the teams can care about the constructors' championship, so you want the one-twos. Because it helps you with the constructors, lots of points. It helps you with the drivers because it means that the other guy is coming third instead of second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. And um, yeah, it, it just it just wasn't just wasn't there for him. Um, Lewis, on the other hand, not a great deal went wrong for him, did it? He, really? He won a few races that he possibly shouldn't have done. Didn't win a couple that maybe he should have done, but then didn't didn't Australia Australia he should have won, but Australia that wasn't his fault. Won, yeah, but then towards the back end of the season, just looked untouchable. Mm-hmm. Winning after claiming the title as well for the first time ever. Yeah, that's never happened. It does not. He did not switch off this year. It was yeah, yeah. Actually, actually had business two, to the two, end. Win, two wins after Mexico. Shocking. Which yeah. <laughs> um... He he was just, I mean, winning by what was it in the end? Eighty-eight points. Yeah, it's pretty good. Really. That's three yeah. three and a half wins. Yeah, <laughs> three and a half race wins ahead of ahead of his nearest rival. Um, was it really eighty-eight? Yeah, he finished on four hundred and eight. Vettel finished on three hundred and twenty. Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we do get pulled up for sort of maybe praising Hamilton too much on the show, apparently, which I don't think we do. Um, I, I do think it's quite difficult to praise a multiple world champion too much. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Um, he is the best... When someone else starts winning multiple titles while we're podcasting, we'll start praising them. He's the best, I, he's the best driver of this era. Vettel is a multiple, multiple yeah. world champion. Yeah. 
we praise Alonso quite a lot as well. Multiple world champion. Lee does it more than anyone else. That's <laughs> probably why we're not doing it too much tonight. But <laughs> um, yeah, just just an incredible year for him. And I'm looking for I'm looking forward to 2019 because there's going to be a lot of changes everywhere in every team. Yeah, and uh, we'll be previewing that. At some point in the near future. Yeah, probably some point between, what, testing and Australia. Sort of start of March-ish, yeah, maybe. We'll, yeah, but uh, stick, stick around, because uh, we uh, we will be here. Uh, right, he's not here this week, but I have got a total oh, shunt no. in front of me. Right, we're going to have to rearrange ourselves a bit, because I can see your screen with its inaccurate Wikipedia table. It's all right, I'm moving on to what I hope is an accurate total shunt. It, it spoils it when it's accurate. I think we're used to it being slightly... Yeah, Erroneous. a few questions that throw <laughs> us off. Right, who shall we? Who's who shall we have? Well, this is going to be one that you've had sat around for a little while, isn't it? Because this is from when Lee was on holiday last. Yeah, this is this is actually um, this is actually from June that I got sent this one. Um, Let's hope it's still factually accurate. Then. I think it, I, I, <laughs> I fact checked it earlier. Uh, this one is from Thomas Kramer. So thank, thank, you, thank Thomas. you, Thomas. Thank you for sending that one, Thomas. And. I'll tell you how factually accurate it is. It starts properly. I was born in 1966. Okay. I won the Formula Renault Championship and came second in Formula 3. So fairly standard. Formula Renault in Formula F1. Formula Renault 1989, Formula 3 1991. And Dams helped me become Formula 3000 champion. Formula sounds fairly standard pre-F1. Yeah. Formula 3000, obviously now what is F2. Yes. So, I'll need a first guess from you. Was that three clues already? That was three Jesus clues. That was, yeah. that was three clues. Hey, I'm, I'm quicker than like I'm used to doing pub quizzes. <laughs> so. Someone who's nearly 53. Um, would have been... Uh, would have started... Started in Formula One if they did drive in Formula One in the in early the mid to mid-90s. So mid-20s for them. Um, how old's Damon Hill? Very. Yeah, he, he's a little bit older, isn't he? He didn't have the normal path to Formula ah. One. He was a motorbike racer, wasn't he? That's true. How old's DC? I would say still in his 40s, but I could be wrong. I think he was late 30s when he retired, which was 2009. Right, so I that don't think he was quite 40 when he retired. And he was young when he started in Formula One, wasn't he? For, That's true. for the time. I've been to his museum and I've seen the. You have been to his museum. Go karts. Run, run by his sister. Run by his sister in uh, in Twynham in Scotland. I brought you so. a polo shirt back from it. Yes, I've still got it. <laughs> so someone of that sort of age, but so a little maybe bit older. A little bit older than DC, but possibly not as old as Damon Hill. So what's your first guess going to be? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not allowed to do don't knows anymore, are we? Um, oh, no. Lee, Lee changed the rules, I think. I, I'm not does entirely Lee sh- have rules, realistically? Does Lee have rules, or does Lee just go with whatever comes into his head on the, on the moment? 
Could you imagine Lee as an F1 steward? Oh, geez, no, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling. Yeah. I've got nothing. Um, you want to hold off on this guess and... Uh... I'll be ge I'll be generous. Well, Hold off on this guess, and or should we should we guess at DC? And yeah, we'll we'll throw in the DC full knowledge in that it's wrong. Yeah. Okay, so you throw in DC in as your first. Why guess. not? Okay. Question four, or oh, clue four. In my first season in Formula One, I got a podium. Okay, so they got to Formula One. That's a good start. Getting a podium is usually a good start. A very good season. start. Yes. Uh, they're going to be three years older than Schumacher, aren't they? They are going to be three years older than Schumacher if they were born in 1966, yes. Most people who were born in 1966 are three years older they than Schumacher. They are. That's factually accurate. Okay, fifth clue. My first seasons in Formula One were very blur. So, Can you French? spell blur? B-L-E-U. So someone French in a blue car. Who is Have French it. from the mid 90s? Olivier Panis? Could be. When was the Prost team racing? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. Because they were blue, weren't they? 95 96. It was after he'd retired, think, yeah. wasn't it? Clue six? Yes. Uh, I was in Formula One for 10 seasons between 1994 and 2005. Wow. That's a good stint. So 10 seasons, 94 to, 90, to 2005, they've had a break somewhere, because that's 12 seasons, isn't it? Yeah. I think my uh, vape needs changing. <laughs> you die quietly while we try and... Uh... Trying to hold the microphone away from my so, mouth. In 2005... Oh, and I will need a guess on this one. I'm trying to do maths. Okay. In 2005, this person at the end of the season would have been nearly 40. Yeah. Who would have been kicking about then and old and possibly French? Possibly <laughs> French. Um, or with some kind of French connection. Gene Hackman. What? <laughs> I think. Is Panist a bit too young? I don't know. I've not, I've not really got a great quantity of knowledge on Panis. I also we, we need Chris have said here. he was about for that quantity of time. No. I don't feel like he had a 10-year career. Just as, a, just as an aside, I can see why Lee loves doing this. I love the power that you get from uh, asking the questions. <laughs> it's so, fucking easy when you're sat there with the answer in front of you, isn't it? No, yeah, I know. I know. I know it is. Bruno's come to help us. People like Heinz Harold Frentzen, mm. Jano Trulli. Jano Trulli was about later than that. A little bit later. Yeah. Um, he was about sort of 2008, 2009-ish with Toyota. So, your second guess. Do we want to go for Panis or Frentzen? I do not know. Um... Should we throw Panis in there? That's the second guess. Let's throw Panis in there. What what year was it that he won Monaco? Ooh, don't know. 
clue seven. Not a clue. <laughs> I didn't compete in one season because I wanted to be a test driver, and this gave Jensen Button a drive. I wanted to be a test driver. Does anyone want to be a test driver? I wouldn't have thought you did, but <laughs> it would be someone who was asked to test for, say, a good team. Someone Ferrari. going from back of the grid to a good team. Yeah. On the hope that someone retires and they get an in. Yeah. But that would have meant that they didn't drive for Williams. Now, who would, who would, in the nineties? turn down a race seat with Williams yeah but presumably if this created an opening for yeah if this created an opening for Jensen yeah um I don't know you want the next clue yeah yes okay we're on to number eight I scored the last victory for one of the teams I drove with Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was more recent. Yes, yes. Um, so, teams that have a barren spell to the extent they may not be around anymore. It is going to be right. someone that's not about anymore, isn't it? Because... I would have thought team-wise. Well, Ferrari have had recent victories. Yes. Mercedes weren't around in the 90s. No. Williams. Maldonado. Maldonado. McLaren would probably be Hamilton. Or, yeah, or Jensen. That year. Yeah. And we know it's not Jensen. No. Um, Sauber would be Kubica. When it was BMW. Yeah, that's a bit late. Renault was Alonso. So, Jordan. Jordan is an interesting is... shout. Not oh. sure who. Sounds like Dan's had a brainwave. There's no. thinking going on. <laughs> there is thinking going on. Ah. How old's Johnny Herbert? Oh. Yeah, I'd probably say. We should know all this. Early the to mid 50s. Sky show the Johnny Herbert story every three hours. Yeah, but I don't think they go for date of birth. I think <laughs> they go for the. Oh, he had a crash, you know. <laughs> but he did score one of the last wins for Stuart. One okay. of the only wins for Stewart. Yes, yes. And he started... Did he start in a Benetton, which was a bit blur and a bit green? Well, Benetton French. Would that be um, why they were blur rather than blue? Or, they, has, or do they, we think someone might have just typoed? They were, <laughs> they were United Colours. United yeah. Colours of... That's a good shout. I think he is the new front runner. You've still got still got a couple more clues before. Okay. Uh, I think of your last guess. Uh, clue nine. I have a fifty percent finishing record in the twenty-four hours of Le Mans. 
So it's someone who's done at least two 24 yes. hours of Le Mans. Or finished half a time. I'll give you, I'll give you a clue. Entered it four times. Ah. I, I don't I'm know. I'm finished of in the Johnny same position Herbert in the two races he finished hours in. Of Le Mans. I think given that his leg isn't fantastic, an endurance, in, endurance race might not be ideal for him. Doesn't seem like his scene. Mm-mm. So who else can we think of who's had one of the last victories for teams? Yeah, you can yeah. you can ju- you can just look at some drivers and go, yeah, I bet they pee in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> what was it Ricardo was talking about the other day? We had something on where Ricardo was going on about sometimes he just does a little excitement wee. Excitement tinkle. Sorry, yes, a tinkle. <laughs> right. My train of thought oh. was off the rails to start with, but that's just completely That's taken you it. Yeah. Every, somewhere else entirely. And your last clue, yes. clue number 10, although there is a spaffer, should you need it. Uh, I, I think, think we we'll might. need that, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have done an F1 season in which I missed seven races as the result of an accident. And I will need your final guess after this, unless you want the spaffer. I'm struggling. <laughs> Dan is pulling some faces. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly said an answer that I've already ruled out. Ah. Um, which was, well, I was thinking, who's who was around in the early 90s? Yes. Who would have missed that many races in a season? Michael Schumacher broke his leg. Yes, he did. But we've ruled him out. He because is not 53. He is not 53. He's very 50. Yes. yes. The app says so. And was around beyond 2005. I have absolutely zero inspiration. There is a spaffer clue should you want it. I think we're going to need it. Yes. You're going to need it. I won a very crazy Monaco Grand Prix, which didn't go the full distance. Should we go back to... Is this Panis again? Olivier Panis, yeah. I think it's the best option. Yeah. Yeah, Let's we, go will, with we will go for Panis. I am Olivier Panis. Woohoo! Nice one. That's frustrating. How that was... early did we mention <laughs> him? <laughs> I think Frenton was the last person to win in a Jordan. Ah. ah. Um, which is when you were saying friends, and I gave the, I won the last race for my team, because I thought you'd stick with him. Ah. Uh, no, that is uh, that is a great one. Thanks for that one, Thomas. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. Um, that was challenging. It was challenging, but as, challenging as is they good, should be. But we did at least mention the right person somewhere <laughs> along yeah. the route. <laughs> uh, and the the guessing team isn't at full strength. No, There's it's only two, two people of us and a cat. Of, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's normally three people. Bruno guessing. didn't give any suggestions. It's useless. <laughs> if you want to send in a total shunt, then the best way to do it, um, usually, I would say, is send Lee a private message on Twitter to at a total shunt. Or if you want to send some to um, to us so that we can do one when Lee's not about, just like he isn't about this week, um, drop us an email, threelegsfourwheels at gmail.com, and uh, I'll put those in the emergency spare total shunt file. 
and one day I'll get revenge on uh, Lee and I'll do the questions when he's there and that'll be fun. Um, another thing Lee's not here for is Formula Lee, the start of the winter series. I think we're going to go on to classic cars for uh, the next couple of months. That is our winter tradition, isn't it? It is. Since, since last since year. Since last year. Now it's the second Now it's the second year. It's become a tradition rather than a thing. So I reckon, how does the 1972 Lotus sound? I can't remember. Apart from noisy. And like a Formula One car should. We can give it a go, can't we? Yeah. So I reckon 1972 Lotus in the dry. You. Well, this is the advantage of Lee not being here. We'll yes. start it off nice and easy. <laughs> and I reckon we should do Monza. So, so how- nice and easy, fastest track on the calendar. Exactly. Get you all into it because the, the grip on the rear end of that car is yeah. something spectacularly missing. God knows how anyone managed to drive it in a straight line. So, yeah, 1972, Lotus 72D. In the dry in Monza. It's a two-week challenge. You have until the 21st of January to get it in. Um, You can send me a friend request on PlayStation Network if you haven't already. I'm Pabstar, and I'll be able to see your times on the leaderboard. Send send a screenshot in of your time on Twitter and a direct message to at three legs, four wheels, or private message on Facebook, or email the screenshot to three legs, four wheels at gmail.com. And... uh, I'll get the uh, I'll get the details up on the website. I'm going to have to start doing the website stuff again, aren't I? Yes. Yeah. It's um it's been that long. Um, just a quick mention for the competition that we've still got going for one one more week for the Kimi Raikkonen haiku book. We want you to write your own Formula One haiku. Um, five lines, uh, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. We've that, had quite a few entries Kimmy's in. Speaking style. It pretty much. You know, <laughs> there was way too many in there. Boah, 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 boah. That's okay. Beer. There's your first line. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Don't use that one. It's already been claimed. Yes. Um, send those in. Slightly different email address. Competition at three legs four wheels dot com and. The closing date, if I remember rightly, is the, it's sometime this weekend. I think it's this Saturday. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to double check because normally I write things down. I haven't I haven't done because well we're all over the place tonight. Um, but have a look on the website threelegsballwheels.com and that is there. The closing date is Friday, Friday the eleventh. So you've still got a few days to get your entries into that. If you want to get in touch with us, I've given you the Twitter, I've given you the email address. You can get us individually on Twitter at... Um, at Sean Cowper. At Dan Dankleton. At Pablo100 and also at Flood21 and at A Total Shunt. Um, that's about it for this week. And we'll be back, I'll say soon. Maybe next week. It, it depends depend- on the yeah. news, doesn't news it? News has been scarce, depends on the news. Maybe Ferrari next week. Have started doing news, and but maybe others. Will def- have news. Definitely the week after, because we'll have a competition and a Formula League result to announce on the twenty first. Yeah. If yes. nothing else, um, good to be back. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye bye. See you soon. Bye.